Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. Listen in and learn how to use new mind, body, and spirit wisdom and supportive tools to move beyond your fears, self-doubts, and limiting beliefs. Tanya is devoted to helping you heal pain, illness, and trauma so you can enjoy a healthy body and balanced lifestyle. You deserve to fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life, an inspiring, empowering series. Where some of the world's cutting edge, mind, body, spirit, healers, coaches, and leaders are coming together to share with you their wisdom and their tools so that you can move beyond fear, self-doubt, limiting beliefs, also that you can heal pain, illness, and trauma. I am your host, Tanya Penny, occupational therapist and vibrant body and abundant life coach. And I'm here because I'm devoted to supporting you to have a healthy body, a peaceful mind, a balanced lifestyle, so that you can fully live your passionate, purposeful life with complete abundance and freedom. Ah, today I'm excited to share the wisdom of Dr. Roberta Shaler with you. We're going to be diving into the very important topic of stress and life balance. And as always, we'll be taking a few questions at the end of the call. And so if you are on the webcast, you can submit your questions in the box that should be at the bottom of the screen. Or if you're on the phone, you can raise your hand star two. And don't be shy. I'm sure that lots of people um, have the same question that you do. So if it pops up at any time during our call, feel free to raise your hand, star two, submit your question, preferably with your first name, at the bottom of the screen if you're on the webcast. And then we'll spend a few minutes at the end of the call on answering those questions. So for those of you who are new to Dr. Roberta, she is a relationship health doctor. She is a relationship consultant, mediator, speaker, and author, and she provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis. Her mission is to help people stop tolerating abuse. Even the United States Marines have sought her help. Dr. Shaler focuses on helping the partners, exes, and adult children of the relentlessly difficult people she calls hijackals. She offers strategies for dealing with the the constant uncertainty and jaw-dropping behaviors of the difficult, toxic people that she calls hijackals. Welcome, Dr. Roberta. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's a pleasure to be with you. It is a pleasure to have you here today. I know that I am stealing an hour away from you. You're on your vacation right now, so I really appreciate it. No worries. It's it's always fun to share information to help people stop tolerating abuse and chronic stress. Yes, and let's dive into that. One of the reasons that I asked you to be a part of our September podcast on stress and life balance was because I know how much relationships can be a stressor, can be one of those causes of stress for so many of us. And um yeah, so I thought this would be a great month for you to, to join us. And I think just to get started, um, we'll dive into the relationship and hijackle piece in a minute. 
um, in a minute, but first I would just like to ask you, what do you do on a daily basis? What are some things that you do in order to stress less and create a balanced lifestyle for your, your busy self? I, I know that you've got a lot going on. Well, one of the most important things, Tanya, is that I have to know myself well enough to know what I need to stay in balance. And I think that's something we all have to come to terms with is everybody's different. So for me, I need to work in two-hour pieces and then take a half-hour break. And that works well for me. Sometimes I'll go longer, but I just keep in mind that I'm kind of a two-hour kind of woman. <laughs> so mm. then I will take a break. I will get a glass of water. I will walk around. Maybe I'll do a little yoga. Maybe I'll just rest, um, do something to refresh myself, go out in the garden, and then come back to the work. I also meditate, and I highly recommend that. I am a Shivananda yoga teacher, so I recommend yoga. And, of course, read uplifting things, and that's something that I do each morning. Mm. Yeah, I love that piece where you say get to know, <laughs> you need to get to know yourself first and that we're all different. I think that a lot of us forget, you know, we're told, oh, well, you shouldn't need this or, you know, fill in the blank because I don't need it, um, especially growing up, right, by, by our parents. Not, and most of our parents weren't healthy role models when it came to, to having a balanced life or to dealing with our stress in healthy ways. So, yeah, I love that yeah. you just said that. And I would say that I don't think we ever have a balanced life. And I think we have to really understand that every day we're actually balancing. Every day is different. There's no arrival yeah. point. And, and we have to take awake and aware and alert and alive to saying, what do I need today? What's this day going to bring? And remember that I'm in charge of my day. Yes, there's no formula. Like once you find the magic formula, I mean, I have things that I, I consider my daily uh, non-negotiable self-care. Um, but every day it looks a little bit different, like you said. I have to ask myself each morning, how am I feeling today? What, how does my schedule need to maybe change? Um, what do I need to add in or take out? So I, I totally agree, and I'm, I'm glad that you made that point, because I think so many of us think, ah, we finally, we've got it, and then the next day maybe we don't, and then we beat ourselves up for it. Right. Right, and so, we, can't, we can't be beating ourselves up, because that's the antithesis of being balancing <laughs> and it causes more stress that perfectionist that um never good enough beating you know beating yourself with the two by four that so many of us learned to do typically because we had a parent that did that to us and and did it to themselves too and that creates tons of stress it certainly does and this is part of becoming your own person is understanding what were the gifts or lumps of coal you got from your parents and sorting them out which ones do i want to keep which do i want more of which do i want less of which one do i want to leave behind entirely and then you have to be able to answer the who am i question and most people are kind of afraid to know themselves so they don't sit quietly they don't ask these deep questions because they're kind of afraid they would meet themselves and maybe that would be not what they wanted to do so i really encourage my clients to who are you you know what are your values what's your vision for your life 
what are your beliefs about everything? Not just spiritual beliefs, but how do you believe the world works? How do you believe families work? How do you believe money works? How do you believe success works? What is success on your own terms and how, how do you define it? So how will you know when you've arrived? I mean, all of these questions are essential to having your own fulfilled, well-expressed life. And if we don't take the time to ask those questions of ourselves, we will probably be living up to and from the expectations of others too much. Right. And I think this is a great time to tie in as we start to get into the relationship that one of those um, relationships and stress, one of those big pieces, I think that why we don't know ourselves is so many of us, we're constantly falling into that people pleasing pattern as children. We were trying to please our mom or trying to please our dad. And many of us still are doing that, except we're doing it with not only our parents now, but we're doing it with our spouse. We're doing it with our children. We're even doing it with friends and some of us even strangers. Um, so I think this is a great time to kind of go into, I know you wanted to talk about chronic stress and relationships. So I was going to open the, the floor for you to tell us a little bit more about what you've seen in your life um, with your personally and with your clients around that topic. Well, sure. Uh, for those people who don't know my work, Tanya, uh, this term hijackles that I use is a trademark term that I created so that people would have a non-clinical term to describe the relentlessly difficult people who hijack relationships for their own purposes and then relentlessly scavenge them for power, status, and control. And we have those people in our lives. The research shows that everybody knows one. Um, you must have lived in a bubble if you don't, haven't met one, and good for you. <laughs> but you will meet one. Um, and you may have had one close to you. It might have been a parent. It might be a partner. It might be a coworker or a boss or a friend. And so it's, it's important for us to realize that in relationships, there are patterns that are set. And as you so wisely said, you know, parents gave you so many things, but then it's time to do what we call individuate. And that's what I was alluding to when I said, no, now you've got to know who you are as an adult. Yeah. Because sitting down and figuring that out, what's your relationship with yourself? Because your relationship with yourself is going to predicate the relationships you have with other humans. And so... You know, in, I've written 16 books, and one of the books is called Kaizen for Couples, Smart Steps to Save, Sustain, and Strengthen Your Relationship. And in there, I talk about the five relational gifts that you must have in order to have a healthy relationship, because you can't give a gift you don't have. So you must have it in order to give it to the relationship, Tanya. Yeah, I... I I am on the same, definitely on the same page as you. And I think that, I love that term hijackles. I think so many of us have heard about narcissists and um, terms that are, are fall into that category. But the hijackle thing feels like, uh, maybe not everyone has met with a narcissist, but it seems like everyone has a difficult person, <laughs> like right. you said before, yeah. in, in, in their life. So. So what do you do? How do you identify? I guess most of us have identified the difficult person, but what do you do? Because that difficult person, you're, you're most likely having 
a lot of stress due to that relationship in your life. So when yes. you have that difficult person, you know, yes, we need to get to know ourselves. We need to make time for ourselves, figure out who we are. Um, and that's a piece, that's a huge piece of it. And also, what do we do then in that relationship? What do we do with that difficult person? Well, first of all, you have to determine if this is a difficult person momentarily, as we all are <laughs> occasionally in someone's yes. estimation, or if this is a relentlessly, chronically difficult person. And what we need to determine there, Tanya, is that there's a bit of understanding we need. Hijackles out in the world paint a public picture of perfection. They're very concerned with making sure that everybody thinks they're wonderful and they're great and they are manipulating everybody to believe that perfection is their middle name. But at home, they will create a private place of pain. And so when you are the person at home who's experiencing this private place of pain, then you go to talk to somebody in your community, especially if it's a small community, and they say, oh, no, that person's so wonderful. So what's wrong with you? You know, I had a client last night. I, I do video conferencing, so I have clients all over the world. And this is a new client. And she said to me, I have been to 20 therapists with my partner and with not having my partner. And everyone told them me there was something wrong with me. So you really need to go to someone who understands this. If you are living in a private place of pain and your hijackal partner or parent is putting on a public picture of perfection. So you ask about my life. Well, I come from a layer of hijackals. And I'm an only child, so I had the great benefit of having both of them focused on me. And so I happened to be an old soul when I was little, and I looked up at these people and I went, you're nuts. You know, like nothing you do makes sense. But you can't help, because of your brain development, you can't help but take it all in. And we all need to let ourselves off the hook with this one, Tanya, because you take it in through your pores, through your senses. I was saying to a friend this morning, it's crazy to think that a tiny baby is not taking in their environment. They, they sense whether they're safe. They sense whether somebody's taking care of them. They sense whether they're welcome. They sense whether they are uh, in danger of being um, not surviving. They're taking it all in. So this is very, very early. And there's some good research to show that in the first two years of life is if you're with hijackals, that's the time if you have, if you're going to develop anything that falls into the narcissism, antisocial borderline, or um, histrionic uh, personality disorders. And so see how clearly in those first two years when you don't have language, these things are developing because of the way your brain works and your sensory environment. So I was raised in this incredibly um, toxic and dysfunctional place. And as I decided on a career, I was going to be a medical doctor, um, but I shifted to psychology. And mainly because on my way to medical school, I found that I was pregnant and I thought, I can't take a child through medical school. That's ridiculous. That child will not have a happy life. So I switched and did a PhD in psychology. And 
even with all that book learning, Tanya, so everybody, no matter how much book learning you have, you may not apply it to yourself as fully as you need to. I have clients who are therapists. I know that for sure, and I know I did it too. Um, we have to recognize what our early life was, how we perceived it, what image of ourselves we were given, and we need to do our own work to move beyond that. So until I was in my late 30s, I did not really apply this in depth to what had happened to me. Of course, I didn't want to admit at some level to myself that um, I knew about abuse by other people than my family, but I didn't want to admit to the abuse that happened in my home to me, um, to myself. I was happy to admit it once I recognized it. Um, but all these things are very important. So, yes, I... I have been there, done that. I have the ugly video and the ragged t-shirts. And that's why I can be so, so, so effective with my clients because it's not my uh, field of expertise alone. It is my field of experience. Yeah, and I think that that's where it is so important, you guys, that, you know, that we work with people that have not only have the the certification or the the degree, but people who have experienced it. And like you, Roberta, um, I grew up with, I'm an only child as well. <laughs> I don't think I knew about you, that you're an only child. And both of my parents, I, you know, definitely hijackled, but they looked so different in the way that they did it. And I think that that's important to, I guess, paint a picture of what that can look like, because I think it can be, um, and it can be really subtle sometimes. Like my dad was definitely overtly, you know, hijackal for sure. I mean, he was verbally critical, um, putting you down, um, you know, just you couldn't do anything right, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And my mom, it was very interesting. She was more, I would say she was the subtle. She was more of the manipulator. And so you didn't even really realize what she was doing until like I didn't even realize it till I was an adult. I was like, oh my gosh, like it was so subtle the way she would hijack me that I, I just, it, it was almost, people on the outside would not see it. They thought she was like the most loving and smothering mother out there. Right, and that that's so important for listeners to take in because as I was saying about the public picture of perfection, um, they don't look to the world the way they look to us at home. And when you're only child, you don't have anyone to talk to about what's going on. You have nothing uh, to say to someone who's sharing the journey with you. Nobody is in the same boat with you. And so you're thinking, okay, well, I'm entirely dependent on these two giants to survive. And I have to morph myself into some way of being acceptable to them so they'll feed me and keep me safe. And that's what we do. And so that's very natural. Hence the people-pleasing, right? Hence the people-pleasing so that we can survive as a child. Yes, and so children are are supposed to be people-pleasers, not in the dysfunctional sense, but in the, okay, my mom and dad are giving me guidance as to how to live and who to be. And so when I do that, then they're happy and I'm right and the world is good. And so if we take that into our late teens and early 20s, 
uh, we start to learn that we are becoming a pretzel and a doormat and our stress is going to go up because how do you please that many more people at once? You know, one of the ways that I talk about that is it's like taking somebody with you to buy clothes and you you go into the dressing room and you put something on and all these people are sitting outside the dressing room and you say, how do you like this? And one says, I love it. And the next one says, I hate the color. The third one says, it's too short. The fourth one says, you look awful. The fifth one says, don't wear it around me if you buy it. Okay, now what do you have to do if you take that into the way to be in the world? Well, you go to the first person and they say, I love you just the way you are. You go to the second and you say, oh, well, they don't much like the color. Maybe I should change a little bit. The next one says, you know, it should be shorter. Oh, I should be different. So you're you're trying to be this chameleon with people because you've been raised by somebody who is a chameleon and they can be whoever they want to be in order to pull people into their influence. So it's it's very important for us to take this individuation very seriously. I don't care if you're listening and you're 17 or you're 70. You must individuate. You, you in order to have a fulfilling and satisfying life, you must know who you are, not who someone else told you you are and and let go of trying to please everybody because it's impossible it is impossible and besides that it's not healthy um and you're supposed to be you not who somebody else wants you to be in order to get them to be nice to you um so you also have to learn to be assertive and in kaizen for couples i i talk about the thing that i developed about 30 years ago how to be assertive is to know yourself so well and give yourself permission to say what you think, feel, need, and want at any time without, this is the big caveat, without using the word you. So it's called the personal weather report because it's a weather report of what's going on within you, not giving any idea that somebody else is making that happen. So you are assertive when you can say, this is what I think, this is what I feel, this is what I need, and this is what I want, without saying, and you're lacking, or you're not doing it, or you always, or you never. And when or, you you make me, or you make, or you make or you me do this, or you make me feel this way. Exactly, because <laughs> it's not true. Um, so when you take 100% responsibility for yourself, and you really get into that mode of thinking and that mindset, then you begin to individuate. Then you begin to say, hmm, I have chosen this life and I like it because I chose it. Nobody gave it to me. Nobody told me what to think or feel or need or want. This is me. And when that's happening, then you're on the road to feeling like you have your gifts to give to the world, that you can live any life that you want and you know the parameters of that. And then you will know how to keep stress at a level that is acceptable, minimally acceptable. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking back to, I'm just thinking back to like my childhood and, you know, the whole, yes, you've got to please your parents and then, you know, to get your needs met. But then that transition into adulthood. And so many of us, you know, we're, we're not even aware of the fact that that's what we've been doing. Right. So 
so when you, it's like when you finally have that awareness, and some of us, I mean, I don't know about you, but some of my clients aren't even aware that they've been, you know, falling into these patterns of people pleasing and have hijackles in their life until they're in their 50s. Right, right. Um, because, they, you know, because they were still, they were still, um, you know, for whatever reason, they just didn't become conscious of it till they, I guess, when they were meant to. So what is, so when you first, it's like when that first, when you first have that awareness, and you're like, oh, my God, I've been living my life for somebody else. Mm. You know, my mom, my dad, my partner, because, again, we usually put it on to our, our partners and our friends. It's like it can be really scary. And we can also really feel I'm just remembering when it happened for me when I was diagnosed with a chronic illness is when I got to look at that. But it's like we get depressed. I just remember getting very depressed and feeling really bad about myself when that happened. Like, how could I not have seen this? How could I not have? And not only that, then, so what do I do to break free of it? Because I've been living this way for, for me, it was almost 30 years. Right. Well, you know, you think about this. We, our life goes in stages. So we're getting out of the house. We're supposed to get a job or get training, go to college or whatever and then we're supposed to find a partner and then you know then we've got an income and then we've got a mate and then we're supposed to make a family and somehow we're supposed to know about success and I kind of have to be ready for that 10-year high school reunion and say I did well so we're kind of pressed and we're pushing and we don't stop and smell the flowers and we you know as I say we don't take any time at all to wake up and smell the herbal tea because we're busy. We know what the expectations are. You know, we've got to keep moving, moving, moving. So it's no question that it's going to be in our 30s to 40s that we may even begin to think, whoa, something about this is just not right on. And that's why we can't beat ourselves up, because there is a pattern of what we're supposed to and quote unquote should be doing that makes us a responsible adult, that makes us uh, look successful, feel successful. So we don't think about ourselves and what that would be defined at. We think about it as what society has told us that is. And that could be 100% different for uh, every single human. But there, there are magazines and television shows and all kinds of media and too many YouTube videos who will say to you, well, your life should look like this if you're successful. No, 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 no. Your life is successful when you know yourself well, you know what your vision for your life is, and you know what your beliefs are, you know what your definition of success is, and that can change, and that you're on your own path living consciously from what you most desire and living your values so that you are the human you want to be. And when we get that moment in our life when we sit back and sit up and say, whoa, what's going on here in this life? Then we begin to have an inkling that maybe we could use a little help. Maybe it would be helpful to have a guide on this path, such as what you do for your clients or I do. Um, maybe I have some things that need altering. Maybe they're not healthy. Uh, how do I alter that? Who am I when I alter that? Very, very important things. 
because if you get into it, sorry? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, and having that self-acceptance, I think, is huge. Yes. Well, uh, in our book, Soul Solitude, taking time for our souls to catch up, you know, we talk about uh, acceptance, gratitude, trust, and surrender, you know, to come to a place in your life where you have those four things of yourself, right, Um, that you understand what they mean. And so you're in an inquiry process at that point, and that's a big moment. That's like, yay! You know, now you really are going to step into being or have the opportunity to step into being the adult that you most want to be. And not that you were molded to be, but that you've chosen to be. And I'm sure for everybody listening, that when you get to that moment, you don't sit up and say, I choose to be stress-ridden, downtrodden, worn out and torn down by having old past beliefs and parents and partners telling me who I am. I don't think that's many people's choice when they wake up at that moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking 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 as well, too. too. Oh, let me ask you, are you hearing the feedback, Roberta? No, I'm not. Okay, good. I'm hearing, just I'm hearing it then. Um, So one of the things I think is that is really important, and I want to talk a little bit about it, and I know that it can cause stress, as well, but I think it is necessary sometimes, is when you are getting into that process, I would call it, of starting to reflect, aware that, you know, you need to focus more internally, um, getting to know who you are, that sometimes that means we have to put space between us and the other people in our life so that we can figure out who we are. Sometimes that means even leaving. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about when it happened for me that I realized, you know, when I got sick with multiple sclerosis and started looking at all these areas of my life and looking at the stress in my relationships that me talking to my mother and my father um, as often as I was, wasn't, wasn't very healthy. I had to step back. I had right. to have more space. And they didn't like that. Of course and not. I, right. And so, and, and of course, because I was a people pleaser, I'm like, oh my God, my mom and dad are, don't understand and they're mad at me. But yet I knew I had to do it as well as um, eventually leave my marriage that was causing a lot right. of stress. Yeah, so absolutely. What, yeah. So I guess talk a little bit about um, how can we make that transition? I guess, can we make it smoother? When we know that we need space from some of these people, whether it's our husband, our children, our parents, or even friends, like what kind of suggestions do you make? Because I, I know that a lot of people listening are like, I know that I have hijackles and I know I need to, you know, have some space between me and them, but how do I do that? Okay, well, let me say something before that, if I may. Sure. Um, it's very important for us to realize the effect of chronic stress. Um, so that might be helpful for people who are thinking about leaving. Um, you need to know that when you have chronic stress, you are damaging the cells of your body. And different people will have different amounts of damage. And for a little while, you can go along just fine. But if it becomes truly chronic, you're not going to. And things are happening that you don't really notice. Like if you have chronic stress, your hippocampus in your brain is shrinking. 
And when that's happening, you start to get forgetful. You start to be a little blurry-minded. You you think, you know, do I remember this? Don't I remember this? Do I have it right? So you start to second-guess yourself. And a hijacker wants you to second-guess yourself and question your sanity at all times. So the shrinking hippocampus is one thing that's happening. The other thing that's happening in your brain is your amygdala is enlarging. And that's the fear response that is causing it to, to trigger more frequently. So if you're with a hijackle, you don't want these things happening. And you need to say, oh, I deserve to be free of having my brain tampered with by some, being in a relationship that I can actually leave. So there's that. There's also a startling statistic in the research that shows that women who have coupled together, and it must be in this tandem way, chronic stress and chronic anxiety, which is what you find in a relationship with a hijackal. So women who have chronic stress and chronic anxiety are nine times more likely than the normal population to develop breast cancer. So you start to look at the impact on your body. You must get away from these people. You must. Like I had a client last night who was telling me, no, I'm never going to leave. We're just going to live on two different floors of the house. How do I stop my autoimmune disease? What? (laughs) (laughs) You're still in the house with that person. Oh, my God. But here's her dilemma, and God bless her, Tanya. Here's the dilemma. Hijackals hijack the family finances in most cases. She's been with him for 26 years, and he won't tell her how much money he makes. He has all the money. She has no money. Yeah. My dad did, Roberta, you are like speaking. are you talking about me? I'm like, um, <laughs> except it wasn't last night. My, I grew up and I saw, I mean, that's what I saw. I saw my dad um, controlling the money in our house and my mother. My mother would hand over her paycheck week after week. And he would give her an allowance and then yell at her when she spent it. And, you know, I think the reason she stayed with him for 16 years um, was because she like you said, he was controlling the money. And, you know, finally, she got the courage um, because the, the abuse had gotten so bad, well beyond the money situation, that she just was like, I know that I I have to leave, right, for me, for my daughter. Um, and it was interesting because I think, and I wanted to bring this up before, that we tend to do what we saw or get into relationships typical to the ones we saw growing up. And... Lo and behold, I got myself in a marriage where he was taking my paycheck. He was controlling yeah, you're the money. Gonna, you're gonna, yeah, you're going to be uncomfortably uncomfortable and yeah. familiarity drawn to a hijackal if you had a hijackal parent. And it will yeah. happen unconsciously. I have yeah. clients who have been married to three hijackals before they found me. And so it's very important what you're saying. And it's important for us to realize that it's not as easy as it looks. You can't just walk out if you have absolutely zero funds. 
And, but, you know, there is a pathway many times with my clients because we're moving to the place we're going to talk about how to create space. Um, many times with my clients and always with my clients, I say this. If there's no sexual or physical abuse, take the time to do your own work. Work with me while the hijackal is paying for it. And I'll say that quite right. frankly, right? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> In fact, I'll be really transparent, Tanya. I have said to, to clients, look, uh, bring your, your supposed, because I don't know at that point if they're a hijackal, bring your, your partner with you. Get them to pay for my longest program. The hijackal, if they are one, will be exposed in the first two or three sessions and they will refuse to come back. But the program's paid for so you can get your own work done. Right. Because you have to prepare to leave a hijackal. You just don't go cold turkey into that cold night. You have to prepare if you're wise. You've got to get things into your name. You've got to start getting funds somewhere separate. You have to start making plans to when you're going to tell the children, how you're going to tell the children, what your your best interests are for the children. Um, there are so many things. And, and so I like to help people prepare to leave so they leave in the most empowered way. If we think of the contrast to that, Tanya, somebody goes running out, I can't stand this anymore, I don't care, I'm leaving with the clothes I have. And they are in that state. Talk of, about stress. <laughs> yeah, it's a stressed and stressed out hostage situation. And then they go and they don't have the skills that I'm going to teach them. And then they are sitting somewhere with no money, no income, so many other problems, and they're not empowered. I tell people, let's work together so you feel empowered. You have done everything that you can to define your new lifestyle and make it as, as clear as possible. Then we will walk through the divorce process or walk through going no contact with your parents or whomever it is. We will do it in the most efficient, effective, non-emotional way we possibly can. And then we'll deal with the aftermath as as we need to. So important. Yeah. You know, going back yeah. to... I mean, I, I'm thinking when I, like, I knew I needed to leave, but it took me a good two years. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to leave my marriage, and when it came to my parents, um, I moved. I moved across the country. Um, I knew from a young age that as soon as I was old enough and graduated college, I, I needed to. I needed to move away from from that city, right? Um, that I that I grew up in, and um, so for some of us, I know it's going to be. You know, it might take a, like you said, it might take. Obviously, it could take like me years. Um, some of us, it might be location, like you might move away to create that space, like I did with my my family. And then later on, I had to move away from the frequent phone conversations as well. And what do you do when it's um, when you realize you're in a hijackal friendship? I think that's an important <laughs> one to touch on. We're not just talking about parents and spouses here, like. Yeah, that's yeah. what do you do when you realize the, the friends are you have are hijackals? Well, you're going to have hijackal friends because by the same uh, unconscious and oh, yeah. subconscious programming that you chose a hijackal partner, when you actually come to understand this, and you know my free gift to everybody here is my ebook, How to Spot a Hijackal. Um, so when you finally come to understand that you have hijackals and you really work with the concept, then you start to find them in all areas of your life. And friends is one of them. And friends is the easiest to get rid of. You can simply say, 
these are my non-negotiable boundaries. Let's do so. And I don't mean that in an ultimatum way. I teach people how to do that. <laughs> these are my non-negotiable boundaries. And I would like them to be honored and respected in this friendship. The first time that they're transgressed, you say, if my non-negotiable boundaries cannot be honored and respected, I will do this, which is go no contact. And then when they are not respected, you go no contact. And that's what you do with friends. They're pretty easy to stop. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking back to when, you know, when I realized I needed to get out of my marriage and I finally did, it was like probably 75% of my friends, I realized when I left the marriage, were also <laughs> going to be left behind. There wasn't even... I'm just remembering for me, there wasn't even a conversation because I just kind of knew that they were, you know, a lot of hijackles are not going to care even when you do set boundaries. No, they're um, not. But but that's yeah. the kindness that you do. You know, you, you're right. kind to yourself by setting them. And then you get to actually see a very measurable piece as to whether or not they really are your friends and they care about you or they're in it to win it for themselves. Hmm. And that's true. You know, we're we're afraid. I know a lot of us are afraid. Well, well, what if I set these boundaries and the, and these people get mad at me? It's like, well, do you really want to be friends with someone who's going to get mad at you? Right. Do you really want to be in a partnership with someone who's going to get mad at you for expressing what you want, need, and desire? Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> good riddance. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. Right. Like. Bye. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you know. Maybe you wean them off by saying, oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. Or, oh, it's been ages and I know I didn't get back to you, but, you know, I'm very, very busy with this project. Sorry. I mean, maybe you do things like that if you don't want to just go completely no contact, no cold turkey. But right. you, you don't want these people in your life. When you wake up and smell the herbal tea, as I said, all of a sudden life <laughs> looks different. You know, like, oh, my goodness this person treats me that way or they speak to me that way. And, you know, if you ever have a person in your life, and I talk about this a lot and, um, you know, on my website and my podcast and everything, you have a person in your life who does things that cause you to go, oh, who does that? Who says that? And you have that moment, a kind of jaw-dropping moment when you think, do humans really say or do that? <laughs> And and then you find yourself making up a justification or a rationalization for it. Whoa, that's a yeah. big moment to stop and go, whoa, I am pulling the hijackal card here. Yeah. This is not I, think, I, I think that um, a lot of us, too, I think a lot of reasons why we don't leave or we don't set boundaries, um, I think there's a huge fear of being alone. And so I'm kind of like bringing that back to the beginning when you said, you know, getting you, you need time to be alone to get to know yourself. Right. But so many of us are still caught up in that fear of of being alone, mm -hmm. not realizing that it's actually going to be less stressful. It might be lonely, but it'll be less stressful to be alone until you get healthy and then invite, you know, those new healthy relationships back in. Um, right. And you're not you a child. And, and we were, and we were, and we were afraid to be alone as children because we couldn't take care of ourselves. But now right. we can. Right. Exactly. And 
And in that moment when you recognize you're afraid to be alone, ask yourself, what are you afraid of? Are you actually afraid that you might meet yourself if you were alone? Are you afraid you would have too much time to reflect? Are you afraid that you would need somebody to need you? I mean, there are a lot of big, important questions if you think for any moment that you're afraid to be alone. You have not individuated if you're afraid to be alone. And yeah. there's work to be done. And you know on the stress levels, if you're afraid to be alone, you're living in chronic fear. And right. if you fear that whatever you do is going to piss that person off or make them not like you and, and they're going to abandon you. Yeah, and like you said about the door and the butt, um, you know, ta-ta. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I remember feeling very afraid. Um, I mean, I had a huge fear of being alone for, you know, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, you know, I, first of all, I felt very alone growing up, right? My parents were physically there, but emotionally they weren't. I was, and I was an only child like you were. And then my dad had instilled in me the belief that women, you know, can't support themselves financially, um, which is, you know, I got, which is what got me partly into the marriage. And then there was that piece that we also talked about earlier that I didn't like who I was. And so I really didn't want to be alone with myself because I didn't like myself. Right. So, you know, for me, it wasn't just getting to know myself. It was getting to know and like who I truly was because I had stuffed who I was for so long. I had a lot of self-hatred. Well, and you've been told who you were if you're like most people. And who yeah. you were supposed to be and who you had to be to get any kind of peace in your life. And when you actually take that moment and you say, who do I want to be? There's a breakthrough there. Mm. Like if I could be any way I want to be, which by the way you can, um, <laughs> if you ask yourself that theoretical question, if I could be in any way I want to be and have the life I want, what would that look like? Great beginning question to ask yourself and write it out. You know, don't limit your wish list. I would be happy. I would be successful. I would be um, happy to be alone. I would be uh, delighted by small things. I would live from a, a sense of generosity. I, you know, whatever it is. And put it all on your list. And you can go back and decide which ones that you want to start with. But many mm. people are afraid to recognize that they are, in fact, the author of their life. And whether you recognize it or not, you are because you're accepting those limitations. You're accepting the, the box that your parents built for you. And even if you think like you busted out of it because you left, did you bust out of it emotionally, mentally? You know, right. probably not. And that's where the work lies. And you're worth it. Yeah. Are are you still not doing? Are you still doing or not doing certain things, even though you're maybe not even in a relationship with that person anymore, but you're still holding on to the beliefs of, about who you should be or shouldn't be, given what that person said to you growing up. Exactly. Now I'll give you an example from my life because people might find it helpful. When I was um, 29. I was on my own with two children. I'd won a cross-Canada competition to be principal of a private school. Oh, things were going really, really well. 
And I decided that I would like to have a career as a writer. And so I started buying books and magazines about being a writer and who you write for and what you do and all. And I went home to a small town where I was growing up, where I grew up, and in the red collar blue, the blue collar redneck portion of that town, which is where I grew up. And uh, one of my friends was two years older than I. She happened to be home on vacation. And I had this image of her. She'd made it. She was making tons of money. She lived in the big city. She had fancy clothes and, you know, all that. So I said to her, I'm thinking of becoming a writer. And here's what she said. She said, a writer? Oh, how sweet. You really think that that would be a worthwhile thing to do? Ridiculous. I crawled wow. right back in my shell, Tanya, right back in my shell and didn't think about writing for another 10 years. Now, here's the thing that I want to say. 10 years later, I'm visiting this friend by chance. I happen to be in the big city. And she says to me, come with me to my therapy appointment. So I thought, that's very odd. So I went along because, of course, that's my business. <laughs> I went along. And she is a full-blown um, person with a personality disorder. And wow. it's all tumbling out here. And yet those words, because I idolized her growing up, caused me not to write a word for 10 years. And that's wow. a really important thing for us all to realize. Have we let somebody who we gave false authority to in our life determine the outcome of our lives and squash your dream yes you know just like a gnat like yo you know you'd like to be a writer she says with her fake british accent and and just squash you know and but silly me and not not that i was silly at that time i didn't know any differently but i took it on and here i am this total success. I've got a job that hundreds of people would envy. I just won a cross-Canada competition to be the principal of the school. I'm every newspaper and on every radio and TV show. And then I let her squash me like a gnat about something I'm thinking about doing with my life. So you never know when is the moment that you're going to have a breakthrough and recognize something. But know that you can create those moments by spending time with yourself and being self-reflective. And get help. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, doing it alone. Yeah, doing it like, alone. I know for myself, I had a lot of help. <laughs> Not only to heal my body, but part of it was also obviously leaving my relationship. And I had to, I had to have support um, because it just felt too big to do alone. Well, it is too big to do alone. And you were very wise. I always tell folks, strong people come to get help. Weak people just flail around and blame everybody else. If yeah, you're strong, I, you say, I deserve to have a better life. I am in a fishbowl. I am the fish in the fishbowl. I need to go to somebody who can see the fish and the water and the bowl and the bigger life. And that's what a person like me does or a person like you does. We hold that vision because we can see all the pieces and that you can't see when you're in it. 
And then we've we've removed ourselves from the fishbowl, so we then can help you on your journey. Yes, absolutely. And on a side note, but very much related, um, not asking for support and trying to do it all alone creates a lot of stress. <laughs> well, it does because you've got you've got your situation, but then you're beating yourself up because you feel so badly and you think you shouldn't feel so badly. And, and you so should you, be able to do it alone. That's right. You should know. After all, a person of 43 years old should know this kind of thing. There are no shoulds, and everybody's different. But the one thing that is a constant, and, you know, I say this because, as I mentioned, I have clients all over the world. It's happening to all of them. It doesn't matter where you are, if you're in Saudi Arabia or Tasmania or Switzerland or any of the multiple places I have clients. You're all going through the same thing. We're human. Yeah. yeah. And then Absolutely. if you have cultural issues, like you think of some of those countries where leaving the family is like unthinkable. Yeah. Right? Like I, yeah. I helped a woman in Australia who came from a Middle Eastern country and she had a Middle Eastern husband. Well, what did he do? He was such a hijackal that he took her to Australia to isolate her completely and have control over her. You wow. know, we, we were meeting when she could go to um, when she could go to a coffee shop where she could have a little bit of internet, stolen moments, right? Wow. And so, you know, these are the cultural things that um, had to be considered there. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's a big one. Um, I want to take a question on the webcast, if you're open to that, um, Roberta. I think this fits in perfectly with, with what we're talking about. Um, okay, so Louise says, hi, Roberta and Tanya. Thank you so much. All of the things you are sharing are hitting home. My situation. I'm just going to give you, she listed out her situation. She says, um, she's been married for 22 years. She has four children. She knows her husband's a hijackal. She has a chronic illness. Um, let's see, pain, fibromyalgia, um, anxiety. She's been in several accidents. She hasn't been able to work for a few years. And then she says, what do I do? <laughs> Oh, honey, I want to give you a great big hug to start with. Um, that is so hard. I know. My heart just goes out to you, um, Louise. Yeah, well, let me say a few things. First of all, that you can write those things down and say, all right, this looks overwhelming. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it, 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 what we have to do is take it into what I call TTDCs. TTDCs, the teeny tiny doable chunks. Okay, so we've yeah. got to find that, you know, the first piece is, all right, what, what is it that you want? What, what kind of peace do you want? What kind of life do you want? What would you envision for yourself? And I don't want you to think about, well, what would other people think if I said that? This is just an exercise for you. Okay, you, you've heard us talk about chronic stress and immune, immune, autoimmune disease and inflammation. Uh, things like that, okay? You've already gone to that place because you've been in this for so long. To get healthy, just in a physical level, 
and I don't mean just because I mean just because you have several ways to get healthy here, um, you need relief from this because this is causing constant, constant irritation to your body. Then you have uh, a hijackal who is a constant irritation. So you're living on the edge and probably um, second-guessing yourself and questioning your sanity part of the time while you're turning yourself into a pretzel and a doormat to keep him happy. So you have to begin to think, where are my finances? Where am I physically? Where am I emotionally? Where do I want to be? And you have to get a very clear picture of where you want to be. And then look at the steps. Because you need to, to withdraw on an emotional level first. And you, may need, you will need help with that. Because you've got to learn to live separately in your body and in your head while you are making plans to live separately physically from this person. And then you have to to a future pace, that's what I call it. We've got to think through all of the pieces. You know, what could your kids say? What will your husband say? What will your family say? What will you say when they say that? And you've got to get strong about that. So a lot of preparation, and you really mm-hmm. need to start doing that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I can't um, stress, no pun intended, enough, that, you know, I knew for my autoimmune um, disease, MS, right? It's autoimmune is you attacking yourself. And I knew that me staying in that marriage that was so controlling was me attacking myself. And I knew that no matter how long it took that I needed, I, I, I needed to leave in order to heal, right? Um, or I would continue to get worse if I, if I stayed. And so even though it may seem, you know, like you said earlier, um, overwhelming and impossible, perhaps, um, you can do it. And it will take some planning. It will take some support from other people outside of you as well. Um, you know, I had to go get support from friends. I had to get support from supportive family members. Um, not my mom and dad, actually, but other supportive, an aunt and uncle who were willing to give me some money so that I could get out. Right. Um, hey, you. I mean, you did so many things right. And you thought about yourself so well. And you recognized what was happening and what needed to happen. And that's the beginning of it all. You know, and then, you know, I, I do many things, Tanya, that help people and will help your, your listener, too, that have very low cost. Like, my podcasts are are about troubling relationships. I have two podcasts. One is called Emotional Savvy, and it's it's to help you live with other humans. And the, the other is called Save Your Sanity, Help for Handling Hijackles. They're free. Mm. Go and inform yourself. Stay in that mental space of, oh, yes, that's happening. Oh, that's why I have to make a plan. That's why I have to leave. Do things that support you, as Tanya did, to move in that direction. If you have the capability to get help and pay for help, do that for sure. Use what I call I said earlier, get your partner to pay for it and then <laughs> and get the help. <laughs> that's and that's funny you said that, Roberta, because I actually have a client right now who I didn't tell her that, but when we were having a, a conversation before um she signed up to work with me, she was like Yes, I'm still with, you know, 
my husband. We don't live in the same house, but he pays for everything. And I'm going to pay in full for your program before, before I sever the relationship type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, we've got to do what we've got to do. Right. Um, and I have a new program, too, on Patreon. So somebody can be a $1, $5, or $15 a month member, gives them access, mm. gives them access to me, uh, gives them access to my Patreon Empower Tribe um, secret Facebook group where you can ask questions. At the $15 level, you also get uh, a once a month Ask Me Anything call group call. You know, there are ways that you can avail yourself of getting further and further information if you can't immediately afford to get direct one-on-one -on -one help. But Absolutely. do that. There's so much, and there's so much free stuff out there. Like you said, yeah, there's, you, there's so much free stuff too. And um, I think you said it in the beginning. Um, oh, shoot, now I lost it. it. It had to do something with the, with the free. Oh, I know what it was. You said one of the things you do every morning is read something positive. And so this right. kind of goes with that. It's like every morning to give yourself that, that boost and that hope that you can do it. Like listen to one of Roberta's podcasts. Re-listen to this. Um, Re-listen to, um, oh, your, your free gift. A good time to bring this up, Roberta. Um, is how to spot a hijackle ebook. And you guys, you can go receive Roberta's free gift. If you're on the webcast, which I see many of you are, you can go, there's a button that just says Roberta's gift. You can click on that to receive it. And if you are on iTunes or Podbean listening to this at a later time, or you're on the phone right now, you can go to tanyapenny.com and just click on podcast on the top of the screen. Um, if you're on your mobile phone, you just click the little I think it's on the left or the right hand, I'm not sure, but you click and it drops down and click on podcast and you can scroll down. Roberta's interview is the first one at the top and um, we're going to have the replay up shortly after we're done and her gift link is already on there. So you just have to click on how to spot a hijackle gift and you can go download that book and start reading it. <laughs> start yeah, reading absolutely. it today. And I have three other books that are available on Amazon that are downloadable, so they're $3.99. I mean, I really want people to have this information. Um, yeah. That's so important. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can go to patreon.com slash Roberta Shaler. Just always remember, everybody, that I spell my first name R-H-O-B-E-R-T-A when you're looking for me. Um, mm. But there, that gives you inside access. You know, we're going to, you're going to have direct access to me for $5 a month. I mean, this is why I'm doing it, because it's my mission to help people stop tolerating abuse, particularly verbal and emotional abuse in the world. And I'm at that place in my career where I'm in a legacy mode. I want you to have this information. Yes, of course, I want to help you directly by having us work together. But start somewhere. Know that you're supported. You have Tiniest Podcast. You have my podcast. You can listen in the middle of the night. You can have your headset on. Nobody needs to know. Um, these things are very important. I have a Facebook group. It has an innocuous name. You can go join that one and no one will even see in your web browser what you were watching should your hijacker go and look in your history. I mean, oh, God, I'm sure that happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, um, even my Patreon group is called Empower Tribe. I mean, who cares? 
my Facebook group is called Optimize Life. No hijackal cares. Um, so it's important to know you're not alone and it's nothing that you've done. And when a hijackal is always telling you things your fault, it's important you know it is not your fault. And if you haven't woken up till this minute or 20 minutes ago, and you realize, okay, do not spend a moment beating yourself up. You wake up in the moment, no. that you wake up, and you say, oh, this could be different. I see it, and I want it to be different. Don't spend one second beating yourself up for not seeing it earlier or what it might have done to your children or changed your life. Simply say, okay, from this moment forward, I will do it. And beating yourself up is such a waste of time, you guys. Like. You know, even people who say to me, I wish I would have found you 10 years ago. I was like, you know what? You weren't ready and I wasn't ready. We we are, you know, we do things when we're ready to do them. So um, so go and grab Roberta's How to Spot a Hijackal book. Again, if you're on the webcast, there's a button. Um, there's also a button, uh, a, sorry, a link. If you scroll down, that takes you to her website. And um, make sure that if you haven't yet, to also grab my Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Starter Kit. And that is the 10 Keys Blueprint Guide, Audio Lesson, and one of my secret tools, the Guided Therapeutic Meditation Practice that helps you to shift those beliefs that are keeping you stuck and sick. So um, you can also check out my Stress Less and Nurture You program that starts this month. And I just want to say... Um, Lastly, just Roberta, thank you so much for coming today, for being here with us, for sharing your wisdom. Um, I know that we could go on and on, but we're at our time right now. Do you have any little bit of a nugget that you want to leave people with today? I do, Tanya, and it's this. No matter what, look in the mirror and tell yourself daily, hold your own eyes, gaze deeply into them, and come to be able to do this without looking away. Looking deeply into your own eyes, say, I love you, I accept you, and I approve of you because you matter. Mwah! And blow yourself a big kiss. And do it as often as you can because you do matter and you must mm. treat yourself as though you do and make sure that other people treat you as though you matter too. Amen to that. Um, and my little nugget, as always, um, Progress, not perfection. You know, a, a lot of times these big shifts we need to make happen in small baby steps. Yeah. Um, they don't happen overnight. You know, just remember healing and change takes time. Have compassion for yourself. Be patient with yourself. And, um, and I love what Roberta just shared about looking in the mirror, blowing yourself a kiss. Um, I would add in there to give yourself a hug. Sure. <laughs> You know, we're so good at beating up on ourselves. Let's blow ourselves kisses and give ourselves hugs. Um, even if our, you know, you're with a hijackal who doesn't do that. Um, it's so important that you need, that you do that. So thank you, Roberta. And thank you everyone for joining us today for Vibrant Body and Abundant Life. Um, hopefully something today resonated with you. Just take even a small piece of it and do make sure you share it with others that also need help with stressing less, life balance, and relationships. So thanks, everyone. And again, join us tomorrow for another live conversation with Madeline Charles to stress less, less and create more life balance. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. 
If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to leave us a favorable review at iTunes. And remember to visit tanyapenny.com to receive all of your favorite free expert gifts, including Tanya's virtual workshop, The Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Blueprint.